Hello. Hello. I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. What is going on? Except it already kind of exists, you guys. You probably have listened to this guy before. We are revisiting our friend, our fave, Jeff the Mongoose this week. Hi. It's me, <laughs> Jeff. I'm the problem. It's me. Every time you do Jeff's voice, your mouth gets so small. <laughs> so small. So small. How can you? Okay, but you have to like that. I, oh no, I'm not disagreeing with your with your uh, choice with your process. I'm not disagreeing with your character choice. It's more so of just the way it, how quickly it happens. It's just the because guys, Shannon's mouth is not is not tiny. It, it, it is not normally a tiny mouth, and she makes it so tiny to become Jeff. Okay, so what this is giving me right now, like us with our little microphones and me and my tiny Jeff mouth, it's like when you'd watch footage of celebrities doing like voices for Disney or, you know, animation. Yes. yes. And they're just like being ridiculous. <laughs> That's yes. what I feel like. Anytime, what's his name? Alan Tudjik, who was, guys, he was the voice of the uh, chicken in Moana. The, the, the chicken says, basically nothing but squawk and alan tajik is an incredible actor but watching him record that in a recording booth and then go i went to juilliard is my favorite (laughs) thing on the internet i love him so much uh i love that you (laughs) out of all of the things he's been in you're like yeah he played the chicken (laughs) so yes i did choose out of all the things he's he's done, I've chosen the the chicken. But it's the only time that I've ever seen him in a recording booth, to be That's fair. fair. That's so, fair. But he's in Firefly. He's in a t- television show about aliens. I honestly forget what it is. But um, <laughs> Anyway, we're not here to talk about him. We're not here to talk about him. We're talking about Jeff, the Jeff. mongoose. Jeff, you're here to talk about me. So um, if you hear anything in your walls uh, this March... Maybe it's Jeff, so just tap on the wall and say, hey. That's is, is my advice. Is it me? Am I the mongoose? <laughs> it just might be. So listen up. And if you don't want to listen to this one, find something else to listen to in our backlog. We've got plenty, y'all. But we'll see you next week, and we love you. Well, we won't see them. Well, you'll hear us next week, and we love you. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Okay, bye. <laughs> Bye. Hello. Hello. I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. You almost did it again, didn't I did. you? I did. I almost said Shannon. I mean, who wouldn't want to be me, honestly? I mean, technically, I have changed my name to Shannon before. When That's I worked true. for Bush, I had to be a character. We had to pick an Irish name. Because uh, Kylie wasn't enough. I could have gone by that. I don't know why I didn't choose that. But instead, I chose to honor you. Which confused the heck out of Alana when she came to visit. Yeah. But the masks did make it difficult to recognize from afar. So I understand. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing here? Who are who are? Oh, we? I'm sorry. What are we? This is a podcast where we talk about... Oh, we're two best friends. And we like to talk about weird, mysterious uncanny wonderful weird and unexplainable inexplicable things 
Inconceivable. Yeah. I just remembered that last time. <gasps> yeah. We debuted a new bingo card. So I'm going to play. And okay. you can find that bingo card on our website, thispodcastdoesnexist.com. Dot com. See, it's not just Shannon's bit. I can do it, too. <laughs> you can find all of our socials there, too. So if you want to follow us on Instagram, which is basically where we live, if you want to follow us anywhere else, Mitch has offered to take over our Twitter because he is much better at Twitter than uh, either of us. Oh, thanks, um, Mitch. So that may be happening a lot more. So if you want to get some more info on any of that, you can go and find it on our website. But you can also find our our podcast episodes on our website too so if you want to go there to listen feel free but you can find us anywhere else and if you find us on apple podcasts or spotify or anything like that uh you should subscribe and rate and review and let us know how we're doing and we want to know how you're doing too and you can send us an email to let us know you can do that from my website too it says right in all right on the front page you're looking at me like I did something wrong. What I do? No, oh. I, I felt like you were vamping. I know. I didn't know. I, I didn't know that it was happening until because you were pulling up the bingo card. I assume. Yes, I was. Did you do it from the website? I did. Ah! That means it worked. That means that what I that what what I did to the website worked. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, Shannon's got her bingo card. I do. Um, but I've got a question. Uh, I don't like that. Hold on. And yeah, I've got to catch up. Reference to Emma's husband. <laughs> um, That's true. You got to you got to knock off what already has been uh, said um, on your bingo. Mm-hmm. All right. I think I'm ready. Okay. Well, Shannon, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Mundane or otherwise? <laughs> you want to know what my brain went to? What? Secreting insulin. <laughs> But that's not a superpower. That's just having a functioning body. (laughs) Uh, That's a much better answer than I could have ever imagined. (laughs) Okay, but here's the thing. This is not going to help whatever setup you're trying to do. That's fine. I don't care. uh, Literally on the drive over here, I was having the mental um, exercise with myself of considering, like, what would I do if I had... Like magic. Like if I could be like Wanda and do things. And I came to the conclusion that I don't think I should. Because I get so angry. And if I could just use power against people, these crazy Maryland drivers who don't know how to use a turn signal, get them out of the way. I wouldn't like throw them off the bridge, but I'd like push them onto the shoulder I push them into the shoulder and like blow out their tires so they're stuck there <laughs> and then i like i think i'm a little evil but like maybe i'm <laughs> neutral evil like i'm like i only am evil if you deserve it i think i'm a little evil but like <laughs> that's the the thought exercise i was having but i guess for the sake of your uh setup <laughs> i guess i'll just answer your I would question say, i would say <laughs> Um, teleportation because I Ooh. hate commuting places. That would fix your issue though of being angry all the time at other drivers. Specifically at drivers, but like I would have done evil magic t- that was deserved to some rude people at the food place I was at tonight that weren't oh, wearing that's masks. Fair. Like that's I would have been like, 
fine. Then you don't get to open your mouth to talk. Or eat. See, then it's evil. See, this is, I'm, am I? Am I the villain? Am I the morally gray character? Is it me? Is it me? Am I the drama? <laughs> but yeah, so what, why do you I ask I mean, Emma? I was going to have the, the more mundane one, I guess, the not mundane, but more of like the usual one that kids have, which is like talking to animals. Oh, solid. Because that's definitely something that as like a middle schooler, I was like, yeah. If I could talk to animals, that'd be great. And as a as an animal owner right now, it would be perfection. I would be so able to good. know exactly what Penny is yelling at in the middle of the night. So that would be fun shouting with her. I know she is fun to shout with. <laughs> Cacophonous, but wonderful. Ooh, I don't know what you're talking about. We're gonna take the county chorus medal. <laughs> Me and Penny and Mitch. Yeah. It's the trio. The three of you. I'm just going to... Gold medal. Thanks. So, last week, we're jumping off of that. Okay. It is important, I promise. But last week, Shannon brought up this guy named Harry Price. Mm-hmm. Now, he was a big name in the game of ghost hunting and psychical research, regardless of his certain techniques, quote-unquote, um, what if I just pulled out a rock and like threw it at you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd be, I, I, I honestly think I'd be elated. <laughs> okay, can I lodge a complaint? Of course. I feel like whenever I, whenever I do spooky episodes, the caption's always like, this week, Shannon attempts to scare Emma. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying really hard. There was the one where you actually scared me and I did call it out. But I, like, didn't even mean to, though, that episode. That's the best. I guess. I'll stop writing attempts. How about that? I mean, you could just, like, leave it in suspense so they don't know if I succeeded. Oh, that's fair. We all know that it usually isn't true. (laughs) That's fair. I will. Okay. Okay. I'm spooky. You are spooky. So spooky. You're so spooky. (laughs) Uh, hi, if this is your first episode, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I was going to apologize, but I'm like, uh, don't apologize for honestly, being Honestly, if you're not going to vibe with this, you should just leave now. Yeah, it's, it, this is, this is the majority of what it is. So you were talking about Harry Price with Borley mm-hmm. Rectory. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I solidified something about him because I think I implied that he was the person who started the, um, Psychical Research Society or yeah, whatever. Research, just whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, Society he w- of Psychical, Psychical Research. Research. Yes. He was not the person who started it. Okay. Um, Because you said that and I was so I panicked. And no, I no, left no. a bit out of my notes because I was like, oh, I'm wrong. No, no, no. No, you, you, were, you were right. The reason I thought that is because he is one of their most prominent members. But mm. he became a member of the Society of Psychical Research and then left the society to start his own. Okay, so that explains of... why they were investigating him after he died. Exactly. So regardless, he was a really interesting person. He wrote a lot of books, wrote a lot of ghosts. Um, but I wanted to find another one of his cases to talk about because I find him interesting. But the cases he actually dealt with were weird and honestly more interesting than he was. Hmm. So I did. And I found my favorite case of his. 
So today we're going to talk about Jeff. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> he is a ghost. He doesn't text us back ever. Old roommate, Jeff. Hope you're alive yeah, wherever you are. Jeff, if you're out there, let us know. If he's listening to our podcast but not hanging out with us. Well, like, we'll make, Which? We'll make, we'll make Mitch <gasps> check the, um, <laughs> the analytics to be like, we can pinpoint. His last known address was this. This is where I forwarded <laughs> all his mail. So if he's still living there, we'll be able to see if he's listening. That'd be so funny. If you are, let us know. If you're not, obviously you can't let us know because you wouldn't know to let us know. But in any case, <laughs> like, that would be hilarious. But yes, we're going to talk about Jeff. But first, we're going to start with a family. So a family of three lived in a sweet farmhouse in the hamlet of Delby on the Isle of Man in 1931. James Irving, his wife Margaret, and their daughter, 13-year-old Voiry. I'm guessing it's a French name. All right. I was like, or she's the heroine of a YA fantasy series. Uh, yep. She's got that sword. She's all about... Her hair is always inexplicably down, yeah. even though it's very impractical. And even even when she tries to put it up, it finds its way back down. Yeah. She's always like, if the boys can do it, I can too. And like, ting, 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 ting. Because in my head, apparently it's medieval. But... Okay. Yeah. In any case, the farmhouse was a purchase James had made after retiring from door-to-door sales... But farming on Dorlish Caution, their little home's name, wasn't making ends meet either. Sorry, you just said this. What year is it? 1931. Okay, cool. No, that I, I do the exact same thing whenever you say <laughs> like dates you say or stuff numbers. And I'm just like, uh-huh, cool. Yep. And blown In one past. year, out the other. <laughs> Didn't happen. With their nearest neighbors over a mile away, no phone, no electricity, and no radio, Mm-mm. The Irvings did their best to work hard and entertain each other. So it was weird to hear something other than themselves one night in September. All three could hear something in their walls, rustling, scratching, and some, quote, blowing, spitting, and growling sounds. Emma, no. I feel like I've been hearing things in my walls. Why would you do this? Oh my gosh, you did tell me that. I'm so sorry. That's a bingo card for me. I really, I'm hoping it's just like wind or like critters in our chimney. Well, do you remember when those squirrels were like making their home in the eaves right above the closet? Yeah. In my room? Yeah. Like, it probably is that. But, but it, like, I don't hear them. I don't hear it overhead. So I don't think they're like in the attic. Anyway. I'm so sorry. Completely forgot. You were like, why does this case sound so familiar and appealing? Let's talk about it for an hour on the podcast. Shannon will love that. Shannon will love it. Their old farmhouse had wood paneled walls. So the way that this worked was that there were stone walls on the outside, the inner wooden structure that the inside wood walls were nailed to, and no real insulation in between, which just sounds so cold. Hmm. The thought was that an animal had become caught in this empty space. James, or they they call him Jim a lot. Jim is his nickname. So Jim assumed it was a large rat. Because they thought it was a rat, traps were set in an attempt to catch it throughout the house, but whatever it was persisted throughout all the walls. 
At one point, Jim got mad, rightly so, I'm sure this happened, like, went on for days, and thought that he might be able to scare it from its hiding spot by growling loudly at it wherever he heard it. Sounds like a, a dad response if I've ever heard one. <laughs> like, oh, like we do to Penny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> makes noise. To his surprise, and probably horror, it growled back. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I have done that, that not growling. But <laughs> I have, like, when I hear the, like, in the walls, I've literally, like, done it back. To see trying to, like, scare, scare them away. Yeah. But then I'm like, how? Yeah. I don't understand the physics of it. Jim decided to test out the mimicry and imitated various birds and other animals. <laughs> Whatever was behind the walls dutifully and almost perfectly mimicked Jim's imitations. Absolutely not. Eventually, the creature began to make noises that more closely resembled a baby gurgling as if it were attempting to talk. Voiri, the 13-year-old, started to sing some nursery rhymes to see if the creature would mimic those too. All right, you're not not to victim blame, but you're a little bit asking for it if you're going to do this mm-hmm. nonsense. Mm-hmm. It did, and seemed to use those nursery rhymes to learn how to speak. No. Burn the house down. Yeah. One evening, in a very squeaky high voice, the creature recited a nursery rhyme back to Voiri. I'm guessing... It was something like Mary Had a Little Lamb, but like horror movie style. So like slowly and high pitch. Ashes, ashes, yeah, something like that. Exactly like that. I'm so sorry, but y'all have to, if I have to live through this, you have to suffer too. (laughs) Eventually, the creature had developed enough language in order to introduce itself. He said... His name was Jeff, spelled G-E-F, pronounced Jeff, and he was, quote, an extra, extra clever mongoose, end quote, born in India in 1852, so he's 83. This took a turn. He also said he was, quote, an earthbound spirit, a ghost in the form of a mongoose, and, quote, I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet, and if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into stone, or a pillar of salt. End quote. What in the Shell Silverstein weird poem is happening right now? What is going on? Um, well, of course his voice is squeaky then. If he's a mongoose. He's a mongoose. <laughs> I don't know why I feel the need From to- Alabama? <laughs> need to say it like that but for some reason the word wow he's a mongoose why did you turn into matthew mcconaughey when you said the word mongoose mongoose (laughs) (laughs) all right 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 (laughs) i really wanted to count that you all can count that at home as an unexpected celebrity mention Uh, i can't (laughs) you can't because i brought it up you brought it up i'm too dang funny for my own good yep so when i was when i was uh finished with this i started singing to myself jeff the talking mongoose lives by the sea (laughs) 
I'm mad that I don't have random singing on this bingo card. <laughs> but I, I can't get it out of my head now. No, I've been stop, trying. Stop singing right now. I've been trying. It's going to be stuck in my head. I've been trying so hard this whole time not to sing it under my breath. You want to know what song has been stuck in my head? What? So I woke up yesterday morning and it was the first Thank thing. goodness. The first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the literal first thought to enter my head was because it's been going viral on TikTok, Veronica, open the open, open the, the door, door please. please. Veronica, Veronica, open the door. And I was just like, Jamie Moscato, I love you as JD. Can you not? Could we not? Could we not? Yeah, it's all over TikTok. And then I walked downstairs today and my roommate was watching Encanto. Uh-huh. Which I have not seen Me yet. Neither. But so many of the songs are going viral on TikTok and she was like the song itself was not playing, but she was like Kind Humming of, it. Like, softly singing to herself the, like, Bruno song. And I walked in to our kitchen, plunked my mug down on the oh, counter, Jesus. and was like, not you too. And she was like, what? And I was like, it's stuck in my head and I've never seen the movie. Like, <laughs> So, Jeff became a daily guest in the Irving home. He conducted multiple and consistent conversations with both Jim and Voiry, seemingly trying to avoid Margaret. There's no marked reason for this. He just didn't seem to like her. Because a mama doesn't deal with foolishness. Mm -mm. That it feels correct based on what we get into. Jeff acted as guard dog, warning the family of any visitors or unfamiliar animals. Even though they already had a sheepdog, her name was Mona. No. Which makes me really happy. The Irvings also said that if someone had forgotten to put out the fire at night, that Jeff would take it upon himself to stop the stove. So he's like, keeping them safe. Okay. Jeff would wake up anyone who overslept, which in my mind is really annoying. Because, <laughs> like, what if I meant to oversleep? But he's magical, so he knows if I you guess. have appointments. But also, don't they live in a farm? Yeah. So it's That's basically fair. like you have to get up. You have to need you. Yeah. There's there's the sun no, is up. There's no oversleeping. You're not allowed. And would take care of the mice that got in the house, but he said he preferred to scare them rather than kill them. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff even had his own space in the house in Voiree's room, which the family called Jeff's Sanctum, which I do not yeah. like the name of. <laughs> what? It was at the top of a partition of the room. So the way that the picture looks, it makes it look as though there's like a, uh, a closet or something or some, something that was built into the, into the rest of the room and then blocked off. So it's open on the other side and not in the room. Mm -hmm. So there's like a ledge above it. So like the top of it is not flush with the roof. So there's like space there that you could ostensibly put stuff and that whole space specifically in the corner towards the edge of the wall like the corner of the wall um is where his sanctum was so okay yeah i really appreciate how much effort you took into explaining that to me please understand i have no concept <laughs> i'm okay. a visual person once you see the picture you'll understand okay cool so unless it's scary it's not okay good Jeff told the family that during the day, he roamed the island, hitching rides on the back of cars and buses, so like sitting on the bumper and such. Kind of like Toy Story style. But he's a mongoose. He's a mongoose. Oh, if y'all don't know what a mongoose is, it's like a, it's part of the weasel family. Um, okay, I was picturing like a longer ferret. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 
a fur noodle. You know? <laughs> I love it. A fur noodle. Do you know what a group of ferrets is called? A business. Isn't that so responsible of them makes me so happy so much foolishness so but such responsible foolishness they do it with purpose they wear little ties yeah they have little briefcases filled like you open them and it's like one of those snake in the box things (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh all right i really like that so he roamed the island and he would come home and share all the news and gossip of the town with them this is a children's picture book so far right he also liked to read out articles from the local newspaper that he found fun. But he couldn't open the newspaper himself. He had to have somebody else open it for him. And then he would read from the page that they had open. Hold on. Sorry. Could they see him? Kind of. So I'll explain. Doesn't he have hands though? He's a freak. He has hands. He does have hands. But he couldn't. Were they like little T-Rex hands? Um, They were a bit. Uh, I don't like how vague you're being. I'm sorry, because I will explain, but it's like, it's odd. Okay. You would know that Jeff was around when he called out your name. So Jim said that Jeff would call out to him and his wife by their Christian names. So he would call them Jim and Margaret and said, quote, its hearing powers are phenomenal. It is no use whispering. It detects the whisper 15 to 20 feet away, tells you exactly what you are whispering, and repeats exactly what one has said. End quote. So, no secrets. Apparently the entire island couldn't have any secrets, because this mongoose would just come home and tell them everything. Guess what Susan said today? (laughs) Oh, wait, I have to say it like him. Guess what Susan said today? (laughs) I don't like that. Sorry. So my favorite thing is that when he got tired of conversation, Jeff would yell, vanished, and disappear. <laughs> That's how I'm leaving parties from now on. <laughs> Just screaming, vanished, vanished. And then like dive out of the room like Elise from right. TikTok. <laughs> We're going to need to get you one of those like uh, smoke bombs that like magicians use. <laughs> Vanished. It goes off and then dissipates very quickly so we can still see you running, like trying to get through people. Excuse me, part. Excuse me. Can you As I'm like, I'm like, sorry, you guys really need a light on these back stairs. Jeez. (laughs) You're trying to run out. (laughs) Now, Jeff did not like to be seen. And so Jim and Margaret only got glimpses of him. But Voiree was allowed to see him. She described Jeff as about the size of a rat with yellow blondish fur, a flat snout, and a long bushy tail, which is not exactly what a mongoose looks like. When the family would go to market in town, Jeff would go with them, but always stayed just beyond the hedge on the other side of the path, yet would talk the entire time. Jeff apparently would pay for his room and board with a rabbit or two for Margaret to cook. Allegedly strangled with his own two paws. He received biscuits, so cookies, sweets, chocolate, and occasionally bacon and sausages in return. They would leave the offerings on one of the cross beams near the ceiling close to his sanctum. I can't not say that word like that. (laughs) He would come out and yoink it when no one was looking. 
friends of the family were treated to hearing Jeff as well, although not to the extent that the family did, of course. Mostly it was to do with taunting them as they were leaving or calling them doubters or swearing at them until they said out loud that they believed he was real. Jeff also really liked to sing. Oh no. He loved a song called Carolina Moon, which I've put in the show notes, and would sing along to it when the Irvings played it on the gramophone. He allegedly would bounce a rubber ball to the beat sometimes instead when he didn't feel like singing, but he always reacted to this song. He could also sing hymns, some nursery rhymes, like the ones that he learned when he was learning how to speak, the Manx National Anthem, and Manx is the, uh, like, nationality, or not the national, the ethnicity of uh, Isle of Man, so far as I understand. If I'm wrong, please let me know. Um, and pieces of a Spanish folk song. He was also pretty bawdy. One evening, he offended Margaret with a parody of Home on the Range he'd picked up from some bus drivers that was very risque. And she scolded him, saying, quote, You know, Jeff, you are no animal, end quote. And he said, quote, Of course I am not. I am the Holy Ghost. I don't know. Okay. But Jeff was not all fun and games. He had quite the temper. Oh, no. He would insult and yell at the family when things were not going his way, like when Jim took too long opening the paper one morning and he squeaked out, quote, read it out, you fat-headed gnome. <laughs> I'm going to call you that. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, but, like, gnomes are cute. I know. I find it very funny. He also threatened, well, not threatened, he said at any point I could kill you if I wanted to. I've just decided not to. No, that's a threat. That's a threat. That's a threat. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. I thought we had, I thought I had been confused in the beginning, but I suspect that I was correct all along. <laughs> so when Jeff first arrived, or manifested, depending on how you look at it, Voiri was pretty afraid of him. She won Smart night, girl. Right? One night, she even snuck into her parents' room to avoid being alone in her room with him. When the family discussed this the next morning, Jeff squeaked from the walls, quote, I'll follow her wherever you put her. Ah. According to Jim, they tried to barricade the bedroom door with chairs and boxes, but this only infuriated the creature and also makes no sense to he's me. He's in the walls. He's in the walls. However, Jim said, quote, Soon as we saw the top of the door bulge in as though some ter terrific force were thrusting against it, but the door held. Then Jeff's queer high voice said, I'm coming in. A few seconds later, a heavy pot of ointment, ugh, worst word on the planet, kept in the room, crashed against the bedstead, end quote. So I suppose that they took this to mean that Jeff was somehow in the room and knocked something over. Not sure. It, like, or at least affected the energy in the room. Not sure. Guess what I want to say. I don't like it. I knew it! But I wanted you to say it. <laughs> so that I couldn't count it for bingo? You monster. Oh, I'm sorry! I forget. That isn't why. I you wanted you monster. to say it because I wanted to hear you say it. No. I'm sorry. Is it on your bingo card? It is. I'm sorry. Oh, that was such a good setup, too. Would you like me to say it? No, because then it's cheating. Okay. <laughs> 
You stop being a fat-headed gnome and roll your eyes at me. I technically only rolled one eye at you. Yeah, your creepy broken doll face. <laughs> to explain it to everybody else so it doesn't sound like Shannon's no, just... insulting me. <laughs> no, that's what it looks like. I close one eye and then roll the other. And I don't really know why I do this, but I do this and everyone, not just you, everyone has said it's the creepy, it's a creepy It's thing. like, you know, when you lay down like a baby doll that has like the gravity a broken eye, eyes, yeah. but like only one of them goes, it's a little disconcerting. Yeah. Sorry about it. I don't mean to do it. I was going to yawn too. And then my body was just like, nope, she's yawning. You can't do it now. <laughs> so weird like the opposite of what sociology is supposed to be i know i'm supposed to be like oh i trust that person they yawned i'm gonna yawn there you go yeah all right here we go jeff really liked to bother taunt and anger jim and margaret margaret was walking home one day when she started to feel stones being thrown at her she yelled is that you jeff and in response she got Yes, Maggie the Witch Woman. He called her a lot of other things too, but they were actually racial slurs, so I decided not to put them in. Oh, good, good bet. Thank you. To clarify, she's white. He just said racial racial slurs in order to insult her. It was, yeah. Anyway. Again, Jeff was not a Maggie fan for some reason. He would throw pebbles and sand at the farmhouse windows at night too, just for fun. My favorite has to be, though, that one night he decided to sigh and groan super loud for 30 minutes straight, and when he finally quieted after the Irvings were like, WTF, man, he said, I did it for the devilment. Like, penny. I just did it for fun. <laughs> yeah, it's basically Penny. <laughs> for 30 minutes straight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is really cute when she sighs, though, as if the whole world is on her shoulders. <laughs> what's that uh like meme i sent you like wow my dog sighs a lot for being someone that doesn't have a job and doesn't even know what a government is yeah (laughs) i'm like penny literally penny so of course in a hamlet on the isle of man you can't seriously think that jeff the talking mongoose was a secret because he wasn't articles in the local newspaper described the events and called jeff the dolby spook which led to Voiri being mercilessly teased by her classmates, which was not a good outcome. But the press on Jeff interested some others from the mainland, particularly those who believed it might be a bit more paranormal. The first of these was Captain James MacDonald, whose real name was Captain James Dennis. I'm not sure why he changed his name, but whatever. In 1932, so only a year that they had been dealing with Jeff, Jim Irving had written to Harry Price, our buddy, to invite him to visit and to investigate Jeff. Jim believed that it was something otherworldly and wanted someone who could tell him if it was or not. He was like, I want the best of the best to definitively tell me, is this real or is this not? But Harry Price was busy with other investigations. This was before Borley, but he had other stuff going on. So in his stead went Captain James MacDonald, who arrived on February 26, 1932, to the farmhouse, and he reported back, quote, On my first day, the Irvings showed me cracks in the farmhouse walls where they said the mongoose spied on visitors. I was there till midnight, but the mongoose was silent. As I was leaving to go, a voice screamed, Who is that bloody man? 
Irving gripped my arm. That's the animal, he said, end quote. Jeff did not like McDonald. He told Jim, quote, I've been looking at the man and I don't like him. He does not believe me. He is a doubter, end quote. Jeff threw a large needle the next day at the captain while he was taking tea with the family. Thankfully, it ricocheted off the teapot, but it prompted Jim to let the captain know that Jeff was always throwing things at them. Apparently, needles were not out of the realm of possibility of the things that he would throw. Why do you have so many needles? Yeah, right. Like, why do you have a gigantic needle? I mean, maybe, I'm, I'm sure the there's livestock, like... livestock, maybe? Maybe, for like sewing saddle stuff. I don't know, that seems oh. like something. Diabetic problems. I was thinking like needle, like syringe. Not like a sewing, sewing needle makes more sense. It was like a thick, like leather sewing needle. Got it. Yeah. I forgot that those existed. (laughs) I was just like, why do they have medical supplies in their house? Medical things lying around. Doesn't everyone? Okay. Later the same day, he heard knocks and shrill screams all over the house and a heavy fall in Voiree's room. A chair that was left on top of Jeff's sanctum had been pushed onto the floor. Margaret went upstairs to try and talk Jeff into coming down, which I find hilarious that she's like full mom mode, like, We have company. Can you please be nice to the guest? Like, I asked you to clean up. all this way to see you. Really? All you have to do is say hello. That's all you have to do. And then you can That's go back all to I'm your asking. room. You can go back to your room. That's all I'm asking. Do I ask for too much? I made a pudding. <laughs> I made a pudding. And it was your favorite. I thought that you would like this. He's here for you, Jeff. Jeff wouldn't budge. The captain called up, I believe in you. And Jeff replied, I don't like you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, relatable. Right? The captain then tried to climb the stairs quietly to catch Jeff by surprise, but tripped and fell down the stairs. <laughs> With the noise, Jeff yelled, quote, He's coming, the dirty old sleech! Which apparently is Manx slang for deceitful. Okay. Um, and then Jeff fled. Bye! The captain didn't hear from Jeff the rest of his visit and soon went home. It was a few more years of Jeff's incessant nonsense, before Harry Price came to visit. Captain MacDonald had been to see the family again to attempt to meet Jeff, but still had no luck, which intrigued Price enough to finally go to the farmhouse himself in 1935. The family had been able to take some photographs of Jeff, allegedly, and this intrigued Price. The photos will be in the uh, Instagram. I promise they are not as creepy as you think they are. For some reason, they are all outside. That's better than inside, yeah. in my opinion. I think so. However, just before he came, Jeff started to make himself scarcer to the family. They had started to hear him less and less leading up to Price's visit. Apparently, Jeff didn't like the idea of Price, saying, quote, I like Captain McDonald, but not Harry Price. He's the man who put the kibosh on the spirits. End quote. So apparently, McDonald had gone up the list of people Jeff was willing to deal with in the house. Also, I should note that Harry Price was famous at this point for debunking most certain hauntings and poltergeists. Price arrived at the farmhouse July 30th, 1935. Richard Lambert, the editor of The Listener, a BBC magazine, came with him. Price explained he wanted a witness in case Jeff revealed himself, 
but Jeff basically refused by never appearing at all. Here's a quote from Price's autobiography, Confessions of a Ghost Hunter, which I think Zach Bagans is really mad about having already been taken. I mean, you can... There are duplicate titles all over the place. That's fair. I feel like, though, and for some know, reason, he'd no, be no, like, no, no. no it's, a, it's an honor thing. It's an honor no, thing. No, 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 because if we know anything about Zach Bagans, which all I know about him is through you. Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually watched the show. I think we had, like, one clip earlier on. What, the Dybbuk box, probably. Yeah. But if we know anything, it's that Zach Bagans, if he loves anything more than ghosts, it's his own voice and himself. That's totally fair. So he would totally, what is it, uh, what is the title of? Confessions of a Ghost Hunter. Yeah. He, he, his would be, like, Confessions of a Ghost Hunter, colon, the Zach Bagans story. You're not wrong. You know? So I think he's fine. You know what? I think, yes. I think you're right. Very serious question. Hmm? Do you think Zach Bagans would get a ghost writer? <gasps> or would he write it himself? Oh, I th- there's, there's two answers to that question. One, he's too self-involved and too, like because he's too self-involved, too particular about he is be- about how he's perceived, that I don't think that he would have a ghostwriter. But if he did have a ghostwriter, it would basically have to be one of the other guys in his group. And he'd be like, you can't tell your story, though. You have to tell mine. <laughs> yeah. So two answers to that question. There you go. Yes, and. Anyway, this is a quote from Price's autobiography, Confessions of a Ghost Hunter, colon, The Harry Price Story. <laughs> Quote, the family was heartbroken at Jeff's continued absence. Mrs. Irving was convinced that the mongoose was still about the house, probably listening to every word we were saying. She addressed a few words to him in the hope that her appeal would touch a sympathetic chord somewhere. There was no response. Then I addressed a little speech to the four walls of the room, hoping Jeff would hear me. I pointed out that we had come a long, long way on his account and that we were entitled to some manifestation. A few words, a little laugh, a scream, a squeak, or just a simple scratch beyond the paneling. I even invited him to throw something at me. Zach Bagans. Zach Bagans. But all to no purpose. End quote. We came all this way. Scratch me. Do it. I dare you. I bet you won't. And he didn't. Price was shown the entirety of the house, including the holes and cracks in the walls, Jeff's sanctum, and were told of all the events the family could think of that involved their talking mongoose, but Jeff never once appeared. The two men had spent two nights investigating, and still no Jeff. As soon as Price and Lambert left, Jeff reappeared, claiming he had been on holiday and didn't want to perform for Price because he was a, quote, doubter. To make up for it, he agreed to make some plasticine impressions of his paws and teeth for the Irvings to send to Price. Mm-mm. No. These impressions that he made were so weird because they were feet. They're, they look like paws, but one of them is huge. One of them is tiny. One of them's kind of middling and the other one's kind of middling, but they are very, all of them are different. It, they look like different animals. And then the like teeth biting thing it looks like a like it does look like a mongoose bite or whatever like a um 
a weasel of some kind, like, because it's really long mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, and they also sent some hair samples to Price. Very interesting conclusions to be had from that, but we'll get to that later. Mm. Price concluded the case was either, quote, a farce or a tragedy, end quote. Mm. Our last investigator has the best name. Nandor Fodor, who sounds like a hobbit. (laughs) He was a research officer for the International Institute for Psychical Research, which apparently was different from the Society of Psychical Research. He was very into Freud's theories of psychoanalysis and was apparently of the now popular opinion that poltergeists are not disembodied spirits, but manifestations of conflicts within the subconscious mind. He wrote in a 1948 article, I Psychoanalyze Ghosts, the following. All of these guys have some great titles. (laughs) Yes. Quote, In some as yet unknown manner, a part of you may refuse to be confined within your body. It may perform your unconscious desires, even though you think you have nothing to do with it. When this happens, you have a poltergeist. Usually it occurs in adolescence, but sometimes it takes place in mentally disturbed adults as well. But you can be sure that where poltergeists are on a rampage, somebody is sick. End quote. Or super hormonal, which is the prevailing theory now. Hmm. In 1938 or thereabouts, Fodor stayed at the farmhouse for a week, investigating not only the validity of Jeff, but the family themselves. The entire week went by without Jeff appearing once in any capacity. The following was his conclusion. Quote, All the probabilities are against it, but all the evidence is for it. He showed himself as an animal. He had himself photographed as an animal. He has the abnormal hearing eyesight and suspiciousness of an animal remarkable animals are known to have existed before jeff the eberfield horses could extract cube roots and communicate thoughts by striking in code with their hooves dogs have been taught to read and spell birds can speak the human tongue but never has there been an animal as remarkable as jeff do i believe in him i have examined the evidence i have tried all the possible solutions i could think of None of them answers the case. All the evidence is in favor of Jeff's being a talking animal. I have not seen him. He did not talk to me. He claimed to be an animal. I cannot disprove this claim. End quote. But he never saw him or heard him. Okay. It soon became so that appearances of Jeff to the family were few and far between, until one day he was simply gone. Bye! By 1945, James Irving had passed away, and Voiry and Margaret decided to leave the island for the mainland, which I find hilarious that they call it a mainland when Britain, like England, is literally an island. Well, it's a much bigger island. Yeah, I just find it very funny that they're like, the mainland! Every continent's an island. It's just floating in water. Yeah. But that's a continent, not a country. Yeah. Australia is an island. New Zealand is an island. Japan is an island. Well, it's an archipelago. Archipelago? Archipelago? What? <laughs> what? I just... <laughs> what? Wasn't expecting geography spin-off corner. 
It's an archipelago. Archipelago. Not an archipelago. <laughs> I really want you to start saying it that way, though. An archipelago. You're putting a bit of emphasis on the wrong syllable. Lable. An archipelago. <laughs> Sorry, I got stop, no, I'm gonna need us to stop because anytime we talk about geography, <laughs> Mitch so rolls up in the group chat and makes me feel like an idiot, but like in a nice way. Like no, he's it's just, always really he's nice. He's just correcting our false information, and then I feel like a ding dong. <laughs> I feel like a fat headed gnome. <laughs> but I, I believe everything you stated is true. True. Fair. It is. I feel like Australia that's also is a, an island and a continent. Yes, I feel like there's also a thought experiment in that somehow, but we're not going to go into it. Yeah, no. Jeff did not go with Voiry and Margaret to the mainland, nor did he appear for the home's next owner, Leslie Graham, who was an actor, like a pretty famous actor at the time. Yeah, I was going to say that name sounds familiar. Yeah. Interestingly, Leslie Graham shot and killed a mongoose a year after he moved in, <gasps> claiming to have killed Jeff. Voiry Irving later said that what he killed was not Jeff. She saw a picture of it and she was like, Mm-mm, that's not She's him. Like, that is not my roomie. Mm-mm. The animal was black and white, not Jeff's odd yellow coloring. I mean, maybe he was sad that they left and he went and just started. went gray. He went and got his hair done. <laughs> went to the badger hut. <laughs> Hi, I'd like to look like you. <laughs> Pop culture. Pop culture. A few books from the investigators were written about this case. Why are you laughing? Because I just did. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I look, didn't realize. Nothing, <laughs> nothing is original. Ever. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Hot pocket. <laughs> pop culture pop culture Why is he, uh, don't sing it like Jeff I don't like that pop culture <laughs> alright what tell me a few books from the investigators were written about this case including Harry Price and Richard Lambert's very slim book called The Haunting of Cashin's Gap which is what Dorlish Caution uh, translates to there was also a song by a band called Lemon Demon, <laughs> released in 2009, called Eighth Wonder. I really hope it's on Spotify. I haven't checked. Oh, if it is, <laughs> we're it's going added to the list on the playlist. Oh yeah, it doesn't exist, guys. Shannon made a playlist for the pod for like every episode. Every episode has a song. And some of them I think are really funny. She's, it's all, guys, it's really good. I was going to say dudes, 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 dudes. It's like really good. <laughs> like, I'm so proud of you, man. Thanks. It's like so good. I, I didn't do my homework and did, took three hours to do that instead. It was a good, a good A good investment effort. of time. Yeah, good investment. There are just, a, there are certain, there are several songs that I, that they relate, but I'm waiting Probably for Haley or Ruth to comment on them, because if anybody is going to listen to this playlist, it's going to be one of them, I feel like. But yes, I'm waiting because I'm like, the joke is there and I think I am hilarious, (laughs) but I don't know if anyone else will notice. So 
time I'm, will tell. Regardless, I am very proud of you and the amount of time and effort you put into it. Thank you. It was a good. It was we'll a see if good Lemon Demon song. Lemon Demon. Lemon Demon. But it's called Eighth Wonder, and it includes some of Jeff's more interesting quotations. So in line with this, I am going to read you some of Jeff's quotes. All of these following are quotes. I know who I am, but I shan't tell you. I am not evil. I could be if I wanted. You don't know what damage or harm I could do if I were roused. I could kill you all, but I won't. Literally you at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> no. I am I, I the mongoose? I the mongoose. <laughs> Put that on the merch. Am, am I the mongoose? <laughs> am I the mongoose? If you knew what I know, you'd know a hell of a lot. Can I tell you the vibes what are you getting what are you getting what are you getting the the vibes that i'm getting from jeff the mongoose rupaul (laughs) nuts put a sock in it choke coke okay and lastly i'll split the atom i am the fifth dimension i am the eighth wonder of the world like rock out man wow how punk rock (laughs) i am the fifth dimension wow so (laughs) beyond him being rupaul (laughs) here are our theories (laughs) one is poltergeist like fodor had said which i still can't not think lord of the rings fodor fodor the prevailing theory is that poltergeists appear when there is inner turmoil within someone, like extreme conflict, specifically the horrible turmoil that comes with puberty. <laughs> oh, wow. This is evidenced with other poltergeist cases like Amityville Horror, the older kids were entering into puberty, and Borley Rectory, where the girls who first saw the nuns, the nun in the garden were of age. Poltergeists are known for their loud noises, extreme responses to provocation, and physical violence, such as biting, scratching, and throwing objects. Okay, teenagers. hmm So the thought that Jeff could be a poltergeist doesn't seem all that far off. However, Nandor Fodor didn't think he was. I can't... It's just, I might feel like Gandalf. Nandor Fodor! I'm so sorry, sir. For him, since none of the family were psychic, Jeff didn't show any powers or knowledge, even though he pretended to, like he gathered gossip and didn't pretend to know it before it was gossip. And Jeff had been photographed and touched and appeared to people. He didn't think of him as a poltergeist. Mm. He said, quote, Poltergeists are always invisible. Jeff never claims to be without an animal form. He eats, drinks, and sleeps. He leaves his teeth marks in the butter in the larder and in the fat of the bacon. He catches rabbits and performs various other services for the family. Poltergeists are an unmitigated affliction. Jeff is an asset. End quote. He's writing a, he's writing a CV for Jeff. He's right. like putting, putting it on his resume. Jeff Brings is an asset. two to three rabbits per week. <laughs> Networks with the entire community. 
has his has his hand or has his finger on the pulse of the entire family <laughs> at all times. Incredibly good hearing. <laughs> he is an asset. Even though Voiree had passed the critical stage of puberty, Jeff had continued to stick around, which was another one of Fodor's points. So he started when she was about 13, and he didn't leave until she was, like, 17. When they left. Uh, yeah, about around the time that they left. Well, 1945 is when they left, which was a considerable mm. way past 13. If it was a poltergeist... Jeff would have disappeared after Voiree had exited puberty, which I would argue he kind of did, but mm-hmm. I wasn't there. What? <laughs> I know! You would never know! <laughs> Another theory comes from Fodor. <laughs> you know what it does remind me of? is Hodor from, from Game of Thrones. Mm. That's what it's doing. And this one he believed to be true. Jeff was the result of Jim Irving's split personality. After Fodor's original conclusion that he could not disprove the reality of Jeff, he revised his theory to say, quote, As I look back as a psychologist on my memories of Irving, one fact stands out which my story does not reveal. He was a man who had failed in life, rude, and whose many passions were too strong to bear this failure with resignation. The problem of mental starvation for a man of Irving's intelligence must have been even more serious. There was no way to relieve it by conscious means, so his unconscious took care of the job and produced the strange hybrid of Jeff, fitting no category of humans, animals, or ghosts, yet having common features with all of them. Had Irving been a student of psychical research, the development of Jeff would have proceeded, I believe, on more occult lines. Which, like, he would have dabbled in the occult. They always say dabble in the occult. He would, like, little fingers in the pie. This thought could lean towards the family trying to deal with Jim's mental health and not wanting to discourage him in anything. But it's an interesting alternative to Jim's not doing well. Yeah, and... Is Jim also a ventriloquist? Like, right? He was walking away from the house with one of the researchers, and they heard the voice. He's like, "Did you hear it? That was the animal." Right, but like, if it was him, I don't know. Close to this theory is one where Jim and his daughter Voiree were a bit mad together, sharing a psychosis or mental condition, commonly known as folia du. I knew that. You want to know why I knew that? Why? Because it's the name of a Fall Out Boy album. <laughs> a Madness of Two. Yes. It's a, it's a banger album. It is a good album. Some bangers. Yeah. As the kids used As to say. As the kids at one point said. <laughs> when we were the kids. <laughs> As we kids once did say. They both could have been believing that Jeff was real and perpetuating it, perpetuating it for each other, which was why Margaret didn't seem to have many interactions with Jeff, and the ones that she did were never nice. Poor Maggie. I know, right? Like, she's just stuck in the middle of this. Regard, however way you twist this, she's, like, not a part of it. It's an unfortunate bystander. Yeah. Lastly on this list is ventriloquism. And therefore, a hoax. So, good job. 
Many of the residents of the Isle of Man believed that the family was hoaxing everyone, including a reporter from town, who said that as he was leaving the farmhouse after a tour and no appearance of Jeff, he heard a small sound from behind him. Jim, ahead of him in the hallway, said, That's Jeff! The reporter, however, laughed as he left the house, as Villery had been standing directly behind him and his cameraman, who had an actual camera, because this is like 1936. He later said that the ventriloquism was so bad that it was hilarious to them. Like, it was literally like somebody standing behind you and just going, <laughs> He wrote an article titled, Clue to the Mystery of the Talking Weasel. Schoolgirl may have powers of ventriloquism. <laughs> Harry Price, when he investigated, noticed the walls of the home were really quite interesting. Remember the wood walls on the inside, stone on the outside? The considerable space between these walls made, quote, the whole house one great speaking tube with walls like soundboards. By speaking into one of the many apertures in the panels, it could be possible to convey the voice to various parts of the house. So in theory, Villery could be in her room and speaking through a crack in the wall that would then travel through the rest of the house and make it sound as though it were coming from inside the walls in the same room as her parents or whatever guest was present at the time. Fodor didn't believe that this was the reality, as the whole family seemed to him very genuine, and he allegedly conducted an elimination process where he can he checked to see if anyone in the family could be speaking for Jeff. But since Jeff didn't make any kind of noise the whole time he was there, it seems a little far-fetched. <laughs> but Villery had been scared of Jeff when he first appeared, so it's interesting that if she was the instigator, why would she claim to be afraid? And in later years, so she was, I think she passed away in like 1970s, or no, 1990s. Um, she was interviewed in the 1970s about this, because like, kind of was the most interesting thing that ever happened to you um and they were like hey was jeff the talking mongoose real and she was like yes he was real like no one believes me but he was real and she just never like let it go she was like no it it was real like there was there was there's nothing that i can say to prove that to you but he was so she maintained it for the rest of her life hmm. Also, to get back a little bit to those uh, impressions that Jeff made in Plasticine. So one of them definitely looked like a dog foot. And the other ones were hard to, differ like, hard to decipher, basically, for those who knew them well. But there was some kind of forensic scientist who had the hair sample that the Irvings gave to Price. And he was like, yeah, this is dog hair. Probably sheepdog hair, like Mona. Mm. And they also believed that the feet, like the plasticine impressions, Jim or Margaret or Villery or all three of them made them um, and like pressed their fingers and stuff into it mm. or something to make it seem like that. Although they claimed that when they gave the plasticine impression like stuff to Jeff, that he was like, this is too hard. I can't do it. And they were like, okay, so we've softened, like, we've, we've, like, pressed it together, we've warmed it up for you, now will you do it? And he was like, fine. And the next morning, he, like, came down to the, like, kitchen wall and was like, so I did it, but it was hard, and I didn't like it. <laughs> wow. 
So either Jeff was a real talking mongoose or imaginary in more ways than one, but we might never know. Wow. Aren't you glad it wasn't as scary as you thought? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I'm really proud of myself for, like, psyching it up. <laughs> I would, like, surprising you with the fact that it wasn't scary. It made me happy. Okay. <laughs> I didn't make you cry. Yeah. But you set it up like I was going to. I'm sorry. I already marked that on the video. I'm sorry. Card. I can't mark it more than once. Am I the mongoose? Am I the mongoose? Is it me? Am I the mongoose? I that I love that that's gonna make no sense to people who like are not internet people. Nope. I I've realized in like having conversations with a lot of new people recently that not everyone is as like steeped in like meme and internet culture and then it gets smildly awkward when you like make a joke and you're like Haha, and they're like what and you're like oh oh yeah i have to explain it every time that i make some kind of like tiktok reference i have to make sure that i explain it to mitch because <laughs> if he hasn't watched it with me he has not seen it like so the um uh apple bottom jeans like Beach Boys rendition that she t- got that map of jeans and a boots with a fur. It was in my head the other day, and I was just kind of like humming it. And he's like, "What are you singing?" And I was like, "Oh, so is this? Wait a minute, no, I shouldn't try and explain it to you. I should show you because I knew I hadn't. He yeah. hadn't seen it, so I made sure that he had seen it. But now he has, and it was stuck in his head the other day too. So you're welcome. <laughs> Sorry, babe. But yeah, so that was Jeff. But we have a message from someone else, don't we, Shannon? Yeah, I was playing bingo, so I forgot. Hold (laughs) on. Um, Roll, quick, I'm going to roll the song while I pull up uh, an email. Roll take. Welcome back. It's time for a mailbag moment. Mailbag moment. Is that original? What is that from? If it's from somewhere, please let us know. Uh, any guesses as to who this one might be from, Emma? Um, is it maybe perhaps uh, Haley? <laughs> it is. Woo! With perhaps <laughs> the most hilarious subject line ever. All caps. I can't let Ruth beat me. <laughs> Okay, this is from May of 2021. Hey, we're moving forward, okay? We're moving through. My diner order is stuffed French toast and cranberry juice. There's this diner by my house that's open 24-7, and they have a stuffed French toast that's stuffed with raspberry and cream filling. Yum. Tongue sticking out emoji. Yum. If stuffed French toast is not an option, regular French toast with strawberries will do. That's, yes. French toast is the most supreme of warm breakfast foods. <laughs> and if someone chooses pancakes over French toast, they are wrong. Wow, that is an opinion. I guess I am 
wrong. Also, I don't really like French toast. I get full really quickly with French toast. Yeah. Well, with everything. With everything. But so thank you, Haley, for telling me your diner order. Friends, if you remember, if you've been here a while and you haven't given me your diner Episode order. seven, I think. Like, yeah, whenever Liam was it's on. It's a pancake home. It's a pancake home, Emma. I want to make that his ringtone. Uh, I was going to say, can we make him a t-shirt? Yeah. Sarah. Sarah? Um, <laughs> anyway, if you guys have, if you have been listening long enough to this podcast and you still have not, like, messaged us or emailed us your diner order, I genuinely want to know. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, we will read it out or anything. Like, I just want to know. Like, I just, I want to know. Please. I want to know. Can, can you tell me? I want to know at the diner, please. <laughs> All right. And since that one was short, I have another email from Haley. Yay. Which is also from May of 2021. And the subject line is, a dream I had last night, parentheses, May 30th. Oh, golly. That it, immediately my face fell. I am yeah, so not excited. <laughs> Imagine how I felt when you started talking about stuff scratching in the walls. And growling. Yeah. No. <clears throat> I had a dream that I bought a house that was kind of like the Winchester Mystery House, and there was a family living in the walls! Oh my god! This is so perfect! Oh my gosh! Reminder, we don't pre-read these. Oh my gosh! I didn't know until months after I bought the house. I kind of for a second forgot that this was a dream! (laughs) What happened was... What happened... I had made myself a bowl of cereal for my morning listening to this podcast doesn't exist. It's so precious. Even in your dreams, you listen to us. Super fan status. No. Uh, bowl of cereal, left it on my bed, and when I came back, it was gone. In the dream, I had suspicions, but that confirmed it. The cereal mm-hmm. disappearing. So I was calling for them to show themselves, and the matriarch of the Wall family came no, out. No, 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 <laughs> Sorry, I just hit the microphone, but that has to be one of my favorite phrases. Matriarch of the Wall family. It came out from a secret passage. She told me she and her family were descendants of servants who first worked in the manor. You bought a manor? Good for you, Haley. Well, she said Winchester Mystery House style, so... They did, yes. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. Then she grabbed my arm and started pulling me into the passageway, too, to have me join with them and live with them forever. No, I'm sorry. This is some This Is Us stuff. This kind of had the same vibe as the movie Us by Jordan Peele. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I said This Is Us, which is that drama? Yeah, that's the Mandy Moore show that makes people (laughs) cry. No, this this made me cry in another moment, but yes. Um, <laughs> the, the movie Us by Jordan Peele with the doppelgangers living in the cave and taking over the life of the, of, what? Taking over the life of the counter? I don't know what that means. Yes, but. so, like, it, they have, sorry, I'm gonna weirdly explain this because I read the Wikipedia page because okay, that's I'm what I do with horror movies. I, the only, the only way that I understand what happens during horror movies is because I read the wiki, wiki pages of them. So, like, in the movie, there is the underground people, um, who are doppelgangers of... The, of, like, real-life people, and they switch. Like, they basically have go after the real-life people in order to take their lives. I don't... And then at the very end, sorry if this is a spoiler, turns out the real-life people were the doppelganger, doppelgangers all along. So the people... So the real-life people, people have been trying to gain their lives back. Oh, my God. So it's insane. 
never gonna watch it, but yes. <sighs> All right. Um. <laughs> and then Haley's next words were IDK. I've never seen the movie. <laughs> well, there you go, Haley. You're welcome. <laughs> Anyways, I tried to get out the door, but a supernatural force was holding it shut. No! It was in that moment that I realized that the woman wasn't a human, but a ghost. I was screaming for help to the point I was losing my voice. It frightened me so much that I woke myself up, IRL. After I woke up, I thought, quote, Wow, if that really happened, it would be a really good This Podcast Doesn't Exist episode. (laughs) And then they signed off with, love you, kiss face emoji. Oh, love you no too. No name. Just, that's fine. We wow. know who you are. Haley, oh it's, see, it's almost, it's like almost good that we are, we procrastinated. Because how perfect is that? Oh my gosh, that works so well. Wow. That and then the squirrels in your walls, like. I am terrified. Oh my gosh, Fun that is times. so scary. Oh All my right. gosh. Well. I'm really glad that was a dream. If you would like to cause us shock. Drama, horror, hilarity, you should write in to us. And it, it could be anything. A dream? A creepy thought you had? Are you chaotic <laughs> evil too? <laughs> like, tell me. Yeah, where are you on the on the chaos scale? Because I was talking to... Yeah, like, what's your alignment? I was talking to Mitch about this, and I was like, I think I'm chaotic good. Or at the very least, chaotic neutral. And he was like, yeah, I'd agree. You're chaotic something. <laughs> but sure. I don't think I'm chaotic evil because nothing I do is necessarily malicious towards anybody. It's just kind of That's like true. Yeah, I'd like, revise, more I'd like to revise neutral. my earlier statement. I think if I were going to be evil, I'd be lawful evil. You ju- I was just about to say that. I was like, there's no way you wouldn't be lawful evil. Because in my mind, I'm like, well, then I'm not evil. I'm just just. They had it coming. Dun, dun. Had it coming. <laughs> I was like, oh god, am I best friends with a psychopath? Cool. No, I already knew that. But... Anyway, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Love ya, and remember, this podcast doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. <laughs> I don't know where we went for that. Uh, I'm just trying to divert. From yeah, people. from the fact that you're evil. Bye. <laughs>